Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands, the Second Amendment, and good food. All right, everybody, what's up? Now, it's kind of interesting the fact that we're here in the end of December at the time of this recording, and we are talking about competitive shooting already again. It's here. I mean, heck. 2019 hasn't even kicked off. Again, at the time of this recording, I don't know exactly when you'll be listening to this, but we're talking about competition shooting. And we have some special guests here who are going to talk about a really cool event called the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. And so we have Chris and Kristen, and uh, they're going to give us some information. We're going to ask them some questions and talk about this uh, this super cool sniper challenge. It's kind of long-range shooting slash rucking We've talked about the Vortex Extreme before, and uh, I think that, you know, if you were to put this in terms of the Vortex Extreme, it would be the Extremer, uh, because you got it's a, pretty it's, good description. It's a three-day-long competition, and you're actually, you're actually, like, you're camping in the middle of it. Overnighting. Yeah, Overnighting. it seems pretty cool. It's, it's sweet. So, um, Chris and Kristen, we'll have you guys introduce, oh, and I should say, too, we also have Nick Lothenberg here as well uh, from Vortex. He'll be out there at the Mammoth Sniper Challenge. Uh, but Chris and Kristen, we'll have you guys introduce yourself. Um, now, they're joining us remotely here because it's quite an orchestration from uh, some folks across the nation to get this thing moving. So, uh, Chris, how about you first to start off? Uh, just kind of give us a little background on who you are and, and your involvement in on the on the Mammoth Sniper Challenge here. Sure, sure. Um, well, my name's Chris Andrews. I'm, uh, I'm calling you from Mooresville, North Carolina. I'm a engineer by profession and owner of Best Targets, and I've been a competitor at the Mammoth Sniper Challenge for the last five years. And uh, this year, with Grunt Style taking the event over and uh, knowing Tim Jensen talking about kind of the history of the event and what it's been and what he wanted it to become, uh, I had the opportunity to become the match director. And so now, instead of training for Mammoth this year, I've been plotting for Mammoth. Wow. Getting... uh, getting everything ready to go next weekend. Wow, yeah. Can't wait to pick your brain, too, as we get into this more on what it takes to go into match directing a, an event like this. But that's that's super cool. Mm-hmm. No, man, yeah. Just looking at it from the outside in, uh, never been a participant, but just from what I've seen online, videos, uh, looks like you've had quite the undertaking on your hands. Yeah, how long have you been working on this thing? Uh, we've been working on it for at least six months, probably more like nine um, first thing we did was get together with Fort Gordon, U.S. Army Base Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia, and start working on uh, that as the venue. And, and that took a long time. It's a lot of moving parts there. Um, but we finally got that worked out and were able to announce the venue later than we wanted. But, but a huge announcement to be the first uh, team sniper match that's open to civilians uh, held on an active military installation. And yeah. that's, uh, that's kind of the big draw this year. That's killer. That that is super cool for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and then we'll have uh, Kristen too. So you're you're joining us as well, and you've had quite the involvement with this event too. Uh, how about the uh, the intro on yourself too as we get into this? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. My name is Kristen Pugh. I am the chief of staff uh, to Tim Jensen at Grunt Style. Um, I've been with the company for uh, just over two years, and. Um, as Chris mentioned, uh, Grunt Style purchased Mammoth Sniper Challenge uh, this past year. Um, so this is our, our first year hosting the event. And um, so my job is to work with Chris 
um, as the match director and kind of oversee just the whole project and the whole match itself. So um, I work with him to make sure that all of the moving parts are work working succinctly and to make sure that everything um, in regards to Fort Gordon, as well as making sure that we're purchasing all of the necessary materials, um, as well as, you know, all of the competitors are getting their forms uh, to the base and, um, you know, just all making sure that all of those chess pieces are moving on the board correctly and making sure that we're um, getting everything aligned correctly so that we can um, have a successful match and do it safely, um, but also make sure that we're doing it uh, in a rough manner so that everyone's going to have a tough time um, but getting across that finish line. So it's your job to not only make sure that people are taken care of, but also put into a miserable situation. Absolutely. So I need to make sure, yes, I need to make sure that everyone is getting those T's crossed and those I's dotted. And then I need to make sure that Chris is going to be extremely tough on those competitors because we have to live up to that mammoth name. Um, and, you know, so that grunt style um, is living true to um, who we are, um, you know, and we have a fun side to uh you know, to ourselves as well. And so we're kind of putting a grunt style spin on it. And um, especially with bringing it to a military installation, you know, there's some things that we wanted to make sure that we did, um, you know, so we love that camaraderie and, um, you know, Tim shot it a couple of years ago. And, and so it was just some, you know, bucket list things that we wanted to make sure that we did with getting involved in the outdoors as well as that military and, and Patriot community. And so, um, my job is just to kind of make sure that we hold true to um, Grunt Styles fans and, um, you know, working with Chris to make sure that we kind of stick to that true mammoth uh, feeling as well. Yeah. What an, uh, what an interesting job. It's almost like a paradox. Like, you know, I, I'd be curious. I don't even I don't envy your position being having to be really nice, I'm sure, to people and help them out. But then also make sure that their butts are thoroughly kicked. Yeah, it's like we want you to have a good time. Yeah. But we, we want, also we, want you to kind of be miserable. We want you to be miserable, and um, we want you to live. <laughs> we want you to kind of hate yeah. it, but Survival. leave loving it. Yeah. 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 I, I've had a lot of people on the phone say, I really can't wait to meet you when I see you in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And I say, just look for the girl somewhere that the weekend, one, and they're like, okay. The one girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. great. So. You mentioned they now, definitely don't expect to have a girl on the other line of the phone when they call. Yeah, I I, <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. you're gonna be making sure you're gonna be making sure that they are they're eating dirt out there a little bit probably. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So now you mentioned the uh, the you want to make sure that this has the mammoth feel, and uh, this this match definitely has some some history to it. It sounds like and. This isn't, for example, the first time the Man the Sniper match has ever happened. So for those who aren't familiar, you know, I don't know uh, which one of you might have the most history on it. Uh, those who aren't familiar out there listening to this, what is the Mammoth Sniper Challenge? What's the history on the match? Um, and kind of how, how could you go into that? How did it start and how did it evolve over time? I can tell you a little bit about that. I can tell you what I know. Um, from what I understand, this year is the 11th uh, Mammoth Sniper Challenge. Uh, Joe Harris started the event, um, and it had been held primarily at the Rock Castle Shooting Center and the Arena Training Facility uh, over the years. Uh, the five that I've competed in have been at those two venues, and it's a, it's always been a three-day event. Uh, like you said, there's about 10 miles of rucking each day, three or four shooting stages each day, some camping outside overnight, uh, packing your food, your gear, 
usually 50 pounds or so worth of stuff on your back for three days. And it's, it's a bucket list event for a lot of people. It's, it's well known in the shooting community as one of the most difficult matches of the year. Um, it's always held the first weekend in January when the weather is uh, less than desirable at those two places. And, and I'm looking at the forecast for Fort Gordon. It, it could be a really wet weekend uh, when we get there soon. And uh, that feel, you guys kind of joked about it earlier. Uh, it's, it's the most, most enjoyment you can have being miserable uh, <laughs> probably in, in the shooting sports. Um, but I've, I've rucked miles with that weight on your back when it's 10 degrees outside at six o'clock in the morning and you're happy to get to the stage and stop. But then as soon as you stop, you start getting cold <laughs> and then you can't wait for the stage to start. And then you miss targets and you get aggravated and then somebody does better than you on a stage. And then you got to pack up your stuff and ruck another two and a half or three miles in 15 degrees, uh, air. And it's, uh, like you said, it's, there's a lot of blistered feet and a lot of bruised egos and a lot of missed targets. Uh, but in the end, um, it's, it's hugely satisfying to finish the event. Definitely. Nick, I'm glad we're sending you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. It will be. It will be. So now there's uh, multiple divisions to this, right? How did that? Mm -hmm. How did that come about? And uh, and what are they? Historically, the, the event has had three divisions. The tough man division is kind of the elite division, um, and I think we have of the eighty teams entered. I think over sixty of them are in tough man division, and and that is a division everyone talks about. That includes the rucking the shooting, the camping out Friday night, the rucking and shooting all day Saturday, the camping out Saturday night, the rucking and shooting on Sunday. There, There is a regular division, uh, which I competed in for a few years as well, which is, um, it's kind of joked about as the slightly easier division. It's all the rucking and all the shooting, <laughs> but not the camping outside. Oh, okay, so gotcha. If, if you don't want to sleep out in the cold and the rain and the snow, there is a division for that. And I think we have maybe 11 or 12 teams registered for that. And there is an open division, uh, which is basically just shooting the stages. And that's a that's a division that gets smaller and smaller every year. We, we keep it open for uh, sponsors that want to shoot the event, uh, people with physical limitations that don't allow them to do the rooking. Uh, we have a couple of teams in open division this year. But the tough man division is is the one everyone talks about, for sure. Do you have you seen over the years? I mean, it sounds like you participated in the regular division. Do you see a lot of folks since you've done it several times that maybe they start out in one of the quote easier divisions, but you mm -hmm. know they kind of graduate up the uh, up the ladder there yep. a little bit? Yep, for sure. I shot uh, my my shooting partner Scott Whitehead and I shot open division. Uh, we shot regular division. We shot in a tough man division last year, and definitely people work their way up. Uh, and then there's also competitors that work their way down as well. Sure. <laughs> after, after doing Tough Man for a couple of years, they say, that's enough of that. Uh, or me, we just want to shoot. Regular, for example. Right, yeah. Yeah, so there's there are competitors going in both directions through the divisions over the years. Very nice. I guess one other question I should have asked, too, is um, kind of the why behind the match. I, I can imagine that maybe this has got to be one of the most, uh, when you hear, you know, sniper challenge i guess i'm not overly familiar with the whole sniper challenge thing i know that, it, that that's a that's a term i've heard kicked around before but this has got to be one of the most sort of almost 
sim, what is it, almost like simulative environments too, perhaps a a, uh, a sniper mission. And, and of course, I, I could be totally off on that. I, I won't claim myself as a former sniper by any means. Um, but is that kind of was that the why behind creating this? Or? Yeah, it, uh, when Joe started, it was truly the only match of its kind. And and over the years, there are a couple other events that have popped up. And, and now in the last two years, the, the team matches are becoming more popular. Everyone's everyone's familiar kind of in the shooting sports with USPA and handgun shooting. And everyone's familiar with PRS-type competition and 90-second stages and eight targets uh, from different barricades and things. And people are familiar with three gun that includes handgun, shotgun, and, and carbine is really fast paced. But this event um, requires two teammates, uh, both to shoot handguns, one to shoot a long rifle to 800 yards, one to shoot out to 1100 yards. The stages are longer, uh, five, six, seven, eight minute stages. There's a lot of strategy in maximizing your score. You know, after the stage brief, uh, there are some stages where the teammates have to decide who's going to shoot their targets first. And, and there has to be a reason for that, you know, and, Hmm. and, and in the stage brief, there will be a variety of targets with a variety of point values. And then the teammates kind of have to make a plan for here's how we're going to spend our six minutes on this stage to maximize our score. So it's, it's, it's a lot more involved than just, there's five targets, go shoot them as fast as you can, for example. And it's a, it's a mental challenge. It's a physical challenge. It's a shooting challenge. It's a gear challenge. Um, it's, it's a lot of challenges all wrapped up into one. Did I hear you right when you said are, is there some handgun shooting in this? Yes. A uh, new element this year uh, to the match is the addition of handgun. Wow. Um, and there's, and there's a, a handful of other matches that do that. And, uh, requires the competitors to pack a little more gear um, and it makes it a, a another it's another it's another element it's another challenge to the match you know some pistol targets will be for score some pistol targets are things that you have to hit to be able to advance to the rifle targets um, and again it's another strategy element for the the teams yeah handgun I feel like in many ways is is uh, is like well all forms of shooting really accurately are difficult but um, Handgun reminds me of golf, like putting, you know, yeah. it's, your short, yeah. it's your short game that yeah. everybody just takes for granted and then you go out and do it and it's, it's super brutal. It's, that's a very oh, true right. analogy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, do, do both, uh, both teammates carry a pistol then they both have to engage yep. handgun targets. Yeah. Both, both, uh, team members will engage handgun targets and both will engage rifle targets. Yep. So Nick, you've done some PRS in the past, um, and uh, Chris kind of alluded to it a little bit. You know, for example, these stages are a lot longer um, than maybe your typical PRS stage would be. But what other what other dynamics to this? And certainly, some of them are obvious in a PRS. I don't I don't know of any maybe that you're camping at. You know, <laughs> no. um, but what other dynamics to a competition like this are significantly different than a PRS match? Well, um, to Chris's point, the uh, the strategy element and the fact that you're you're rocking. Uh, I know there's a few PRS matches this year that are going to be a little bit more packing your stuff longer distances from stage to stage, but mm. nothing quite like this. I mean, Chris, how, how far did you? Um, how how far is the total rock over the over the three days for this match? The total the total distance over the three days will be roughly thirty miles. It's it's roughly ten miles a day for three days. Yeah. Now I was talking with uh, Joe Cayley kind of about that and how 
how that was done over the years and how being that it's at Fort Gordon this year, we were able to do things a little bit differently and, and get that ruck um, a little bit more exact. Um, mm-hmm. what, what was the process for that? Well, one of the one of the nice things about Fort Gordon as a venue is the the way the ranges are all laid out. The ranges can all be hot uh, at the same time, hmm. and all of the, all of the rook routes kind of go around the perimeter of the ranges. So we won't have to have any ranges go cold for rooks to pass through, or we won't have to wait for some rooks to finish for other ranges to go hot. Um, so that's that's one aspect of Fort Gordon that makes it really nice. And then the other, I mean, range control there and and the people on base, I mean, they have every stone on base mapped out with GPS position. So there's there's no question at all about what the rough distances are nice. from uh, from post to post. What's so the uh, what's the terrain like out there? Is it super hilly? Is it uh, really woodsy? Is it real open? What uh, what's you know, like? I've I've been there I think four times this year, and I'm I'm headed back down this afternoon as soon as we're done here. And and sometimes there I'm there and I think, man, it's really flat here. This is going to be easy. And then uh, I'll I'll be on a different part of the base later in the day, and I'll think, oh man, I I hope people can do this in 16 <laughs> miles, right? But it's uh it's clay, it's gravel, it's grass, it's paved. Uh, it could be muddy, it could be frozen. Um, it's, it's uh it's, it's not going to be easy. It's not consistent. That's one thing it is. Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of feel like you, you're you're hiking at one point or you're rucking at one point and you're you feel like you're in one part of the country and next thing you know you feel like you're in another. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize there was so much sand in Georgia. But I mean <laughs> some of the rough routes are like Georgia clay and then like you crest a hill and it's sand, which is hmm. miserable for rucking. Could yeah. be interesting with uh if we get wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, what, uh, Kristen, maybe you can answer this too. Cause it sounds like you've been orchestrating a lot of this stuff. What's it like trying to organize an event like this on a military base? Um, like you're trying to get, you're trying to get people that are civilians or, you know, onto a military base with guns. I can only assume that's a fairly interesting process. Uh, <laughs> yes, what else is going on absolutely. there? <laughs> Yes. So um, it's taken us the full year um, to put this together. And um, to be honest, it, it is. It, it takes a lot. And without our team, it, it wouldn't be possible. But um, it takes um, everybody from the security team um, to, you know, all the way down to, you know, the traffic team at Fort Gordon to, to get all of this together. And um, it does take a lot of paperwork and forms, so I, I do have to say thank you to all of the competitors for being patient with us because we we do have to fill out a lot of paperwork um, mm. to get all of this complete. And um, you know, obviously, it, it it's making sure that all of our um, bases are covered in regards to security because we have to make sure that every um, firearm that's coming on base is documented. You know, because. We, we need to know what everyone is going to be shooting so that when every weapon is um, moving on base, as everyone's going from range to range, um, is covered. And um, Chris has done a really nice job of putting together the course of fire so that um, the team on Fort Gordon can know um, where we're going to be wrecking. And, um, but, you know, ultimately to get back to planning, um, we started having meetings um February of last year. So if you can imagine 
Mammoth oh, wow. took place the first weekend of January, and uh, we started having meetings with them as early as February, March last year to kind of get this going. And so um, it's taken quite some time in regards to meetings, um, telling them what our intent was, uh, what we were striving to do. And to be honest, this it's not just about the competitors, but it's really about bringing um, people together at Fort Gordon to kind of show them about um, what you know sniper challenges are all about and, and getting people within the community to see what we're doing and um you know we've had a lot of spectators reach out and wanting to come and see and so i think it's about you know more outreach um as well and and so it's really turning into something bigger than just mammoth sniper challenge and it's kind of neat to see how far it's come and you know we look forward to you know the growth um people already asking about the next one and so it's it's really cool um and we look forward to starting this all over February of 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll yeah. be pretty much right around the corner as soon as the event's done. Yes. It's cool yeah. seeing uh, it's cool seeing a place like Fort Gordon be involved in a competition like this, you know, and one that, you know, like like you said, it's open to civilians and stuff like that. For example, at our Vortex Extreme that we did in this last uh, summer, we had a few guys from. Um, that were active duty come out, you know, on, uh, you know, and I don't know how they worked that out, how they come out or however they did it. Um, but they came out and they shot the course and they were, they were saying how a lot of the kind of civilian competition, uh, arenas have really started to implement a lot of cool, um, and unique challenges and environments for shooting and, and, uh, shooting skills and techniques and things like that. So they were actually trying to, to learn some things from, some of these uh, really, really high precision and, and uh, high skill civilians that were shooting. Um, and so I, I'm curious, like, I don't know who or what is exactly stationed at Fort Gordon myself, uh, but do you have any folks that are like active duty joining in on this and, and, and uh, competing along with other folks or anything like that? Yeah, I'll, uh, I can tell you that we have uh, a couple of teams from the National Guard. Uh, Coming, awesome. we have uh, some uh, Ranger Regiment guys. We've got, um, I think, a Marine Corps shooting team team. Um, we have some SF guys that don't want anyone to know they're there competing. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be the guys that uh, look very plain Jane and yeah. Yeah. you don't even notice. Extremely them. unassuming, overly yes. unassuming. Nick, is there something we should know? <laughs> you look strangely fit to be a guy that's yeah. just kind of in the background. Oh, you're an accountant. Don't huh? ask any questions. Yeah. We've uh, we've had some competitors register and request that their photos not be taken at the yes. event. Um, oh, okay. You know, and yeah. and and I am uh, I'm not a military person. I have no military background, but competing in this over the years as as a civilian, that to me was always one of the cool things. Is mm-hmm. uh, the uh, U.S. Army Marksmanship Unit has sent several teams before. Um, we have Texas, you know, and- A- Texas A&M is sending their marksmanship team. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then um, Fort Gordon, we actually did a qualifier at Fort Gordon. And so um, we had several t- people come out. Um, we, we had, what, eight teams, seven teams yep. show up? And, seven or eight um, teams, yep. Seven or eight teams showed up. And um, so one of the things that we said we would do is we would take four teams um, and we, they would get to shoot mammoth, um, and then um, the remaining teams. We had several of them sign up as well. So four teams are um, competing. They went and did a qualifier. Um, so they did a mini mammoth 
um, there at Fort Gordon. And, oh, cool. um, so those guys are getting to do it twice. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, right on, right was, on. Which is really great because they actually did it on a really rainy day. Um, so they kind of have a little advantage um, if the weather kind of sticks to what it's doing right now. But it was really cool to see them come out and, um, you know, shoot and uh, ruck through the rain. And so that was really cool. Any of those yeah. guys have, uh, decide not to a- do it after that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Look, I realize I qualified. It's a wide but... range of competitors. Yes. That's yes. cool. That's very very cool. wide range. And um, kudos to all the civilians that come out that have a passion for shooting and um, and really can hang with all of all of the military members as well. So, yeah, that's really neat. So, we've kind of gotten around the fact too that this is this is pretty extreme. We've alluded to some of the stuff the competitors are going to do, but to kind of dive deeper on what is going to be required of the competitors. Um, mm-hmm. So, essentially, what is what is their what do their days look like? What are some of just the grueling things they're going to have to go through? Um, you know, I think you, I think somebody said earlier, like roughly how much weight you think they'll be packing. Um, I, I was also curious too, how, how mammoth does mammoth involve itself at all with the competitors? Or are they entirely on their own? Um, they're, uh, they're pretty much on their own. Uh, competitors will start, uh, match brief is Friday morning at seven. Uh, the range, there's a range open on Thursday afternoon, kind of zero range and, and dope confirmation range, registration, sign in things on Thursday afternoon. And then at the match brief Friday morning, everyone's got their gear. Um, some people will carry as little as 40 pounds and some people will carry as much as 75. It's, Ooh. I mean, you're, you're allowed to carry whatever you want to carry. Whatever you uh, feel necessary. If you want to carry a tripod, carry a tripod. If you want to carry five shooting bags, carry five shooting bags. If you want a spotting scope, if you want a rangefinder, if you want a backup rangefinder, um, if you want two magazines or five magazines, it's a it's a open ended challenge in that in that regard. And that's one of the cool things about the match too. I always enjoyed every year is you get there Friday morning and everyone's kind of got all their gear packed on their backs and everyone like looks around and like who's who's got what. <laughs> <laughs> who's carrying the rifle on a sling, who has it in an Everly stock bag, who has this, and then you get to the campsite and it's the same thing. Who has a tent, who has a hammock, who has a sleeping bag, who's uh, carrying a jet boil stove, who's eating cliff bars. You know, it's uh, there, there's no correct answer for what gear to pack or how to do it. Yeah. But, I know. suppose that's part so, of the strategy altogether. I mean, part of, yeah. part of the challenge. Yeah. You, you definitely can carry have... whatever you want to carry as long as you can get, through the three days with it. Yeah. I mean, you have strategy for each of the, uh, the courses of fire, but then on top of that, and you have strategy of what do I put in my bag to get me through these courses of fire? Right. Right. I think, I think it's kind of funny because I, I don't know if you follow our Facebook page, but there was someone who literally cut their toothbrush in half and said, you know, <laughs> 0.14 ounces, is 0.14 ounces because yeah. it adds up. And, um, you, you know, you think of something as little as a toothbrush adds up. And, um, I also think it, you know, the weather plays such a difference because in prior, um, years, the weather has been as low as zero degrees, but in Georgia, it might be 40 degrees, but rainy. So, you know, competitors who have done this before have had to carry very cold weather gear, but now it might be warmer, but wet. So their strategy going into it is going to have to be very different Mm -hmm. compared to previous years. So it, they might have to carry something different. So they're waiting up until Wednesday, Thursday of the day before to actually put that final pack, 
you know, the ruck together as to what they're going to carry. And people do along the ruck, you know, they throw stuff out of their bags that, you know, yeah, we'll pick it back up and give it to them if they drop it. Right. <laughs> they realize that 70 pound ruck is not going to cut it for three days. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. So everyone, uh, everyone will take off Friday morning, kind of in a different direction. There'll be six squads, so they'll head off in different directions to six different ranges. Um, many of the stages are blind, so they'll get a stage brief, oh, okay. kind of uh, instructions for the stage, and they'll have opportunity to ask questions of the RO, and then they'll kind of go into a holding area. The first team will come up to the on-deck circle. Uh, as long as they understand the course of fire, the timer will start, and they might uh, crest the hill or go around a corner, uh, climb up in a tower, you know, do something, and the targets are out there, and you kind of have an idea of where they are. You might have to range them. You might be given some of the ranges. Uh, you might have to figure out a shooting position to, to be able to see them. Um, there's multiple point values for, for different targets, and uh, kind of along the way, you and your teammate need to have made a plan for what you're going to do when you, when you get there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then kind of what I learned as a competitor over the years, you make a plan with your teammate, like, you know, we're going to get up there, you get in position, you get the range finder out. I'm going to start setting up. You find the first target, you know, call me out the range, blah, blah, blah. And you get up there and you get in a position and you get your rifle out, you get your magazine in, and you look at your teammate and he's like, I can only see one target. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's the one we're going to shoot because that's the only one you can see. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then you kind of work your way through the stage. And um, so shooter, shooter A and B, so to speak, aren't shoot, aren't going to go through the exact same course of fire, right? I, I think you said earlier they actually have different targets. Usually, they have to shoot at. There are some stages where they they will shoot the same targets, and oh, there are okay. some stages where they will have targets assigned to them. Uh, never, it's never the same. <laughs> yeah, sometimes by uh -huh. shape, sometimes by color, sometimes by location. That would make it too easy. Yeah. Right? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people have talked about the event and how competitors uh, game stages, and it, it it's like developed a negative connotation over time, how you, how you game a stage. But the goal is to score the maximum amount of shooting points per stage and complete all the rooks yeah. through the end of the event. Right? And, it, and if I tell you and your teammate there are 10 targets over there and – you get the distances of half of them and you have to range the other half and you have to shoot these handgun targets at some point as well. Um, that's the challenge. It's, it's not just a shooting competition. Right. Uh, like I've told people it's a, it's a, a mental uh, challenge. It, it's a shooting event wrapped in a mental challenge with a physical <laughs> challenge wrapped around that. Uh, it sounds like a bacon, jalapeno, cream cheese popper, <laughs> but it, sucks and you love it yeah. make a ghost um, pepper one yeah. instead um and sometimes there's physical challenges too and and i if i've understood correctly as well if you don't do it right you you just zero out for that stage is that right there there have been stages in the past where you had to move items from place to place before mm -hmm. the end of the stage or you know you had to be in a certain position by a certain time to be able to engage certain targets and things like that the the stage briefs are, are very clear. It's very important to pay attention to the stage brief. Make sure you understand the stage brief um, because, like I said, you, you don't get to watch any other competitors execute yeah. many of the stages. So you don't, you don't get to watch 
you know, somebody else make a mistake and learn from that. When, when you're on deck and it's your turn to go, it's, it will be truly a blind stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet. And then, and then is it true that then if they don't do it essentially right, or they don't follow the directions exactly, they, they pretty much get a big goose egg for that stage. There will be some goose eggs. Yeah. You know, the, the, the ROs are there to manage the stage, make sure it's run safely, make sure the competitors understand the instructions clearly. Um, but the spotters or the scorers or the range officers, they will not, you know, if you miss, they will not tell you where you missed or by how far. That's you and your teammates job to, to score points on target, you know? But we're not, we're, we're obviously not out to get anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's never, that's never what it's about for sure. Right. Um, so what, uh, what kind of distances are these targets at? The pistol targets will be anywhere from very, very close to maybe 50 (laughs) yards. Very, very, Uh, okay. Which is a pretty good pistol shot. (laughs) And the, uh... The primary uh, primary rifle shooter will shoot out to 1,100 yards, and um, the secondary shooter will shoot out to 800 yards. Hmm. What do people typically bring as far as rifles to these events? I mean, people try to do flyweight or lightweight stuff, or are they bringing you know like the the typical rifle seen in a PRS or NRL type event? You know, same uh, same thing. Just like the packs and the camping gear and the food. Yeah, there will be a you know wide range. There there will be teams that with two gas guns. There will be teams with two bolt guns. Um, the uh, Primary shooter is allowed up to 30 caliber and 3,200 feet per second. So there'll be a lot of 6.5 Creedmoors. There'll be some 6 Creedmoors, things like that. Uh, the secondary shooter is limited to 2.23 or 3.08. Oh, oh, gotcha. Right? Okay. So that's why that's why their targets are limited to 800 yards. And that's, that's actually, a, I shot secondary when Scott and I competed in the event. A lot of people will shoot 2.23 because they're lighter rifles and the ammo is lighter. And yeah. yeah. It's, your rook with right i personally i always shot 308 as secondary um it's a heavier rifle it's heavier ammo but when i missed i could see my miss and i could make a correction and yep. when i hit the target there was no question that i did or did not hit the target yeah. right for yeah. scoring you know and, and and so people kind of rationalize with their teammate you know what they want to carry and and why so do you ever have people like uh, somebody hauling a, a 223, for instance, and the next guy holding uh, heavier, something heavier? Um, oh, yeah. Do you ever yeah. have like where so the competitors can like share responsibilities of the ammo being carried and stuff, you know, to even out each other's packs? Or is that a thing or you have to carry your own stuff? No, the the team is responsible for their gear. Okay. And- if if you want to carry your teammates' ammo, I mean, if one if one teammate's carrying a spotting scope and the other one's carrying all the ammo, that's fine. Yeah. If cool. you know if if one carries the tent and the other carries two sleeping bags, that's you know as a as a team event, it's a team mission, and between the two of you, you have to figure out how to accomplish all of this. Very cool. Like it was and, neat. And, oh, go for it. Oh. Well, what I was going to say is kind of to that point, it's been really great to see that on our Facebook page, we've had some veteran competitors posting lately because we're now within the last two weeks um, prior to the event. People have been posting some just really nice recommendations and just some, hey, guys, here's some survival tips because we do have some first timers uh, competing. And so they've been posting um, just here's here's some advice. Here's what I think you should do. And 
um, people have been responding really well to that. And um, so it's really cool to see the veteran competitors stepping up and giving some feedback on, you know, hey guys, if you don't want to if you don't want to die your first time around, here's, some, <laughs> here's here, you know, because people have been posting, you know, some killer blisters and one guy got, you know, ripped on his, um, his eyelid one year and, Jeez. you know, oh, <laughs> yeah. And so it's just really kind of cool to see, you know, it's a community, right. And, and so people have been posting, you know, just some really nice things, you know, that they've learned between them and their partner uh, out up on our Facebook page of, you know, just Tips literally how to, how to survive. Yeah. That's <laughs> you cool. may want to, you may want to reconsider yeah. the Dutch oven cast iron, uh, <laughs> yeah. skillet yeah. combo set. Has anybody checked the credibility of these recommendations? <laughs> the guy saying that a brick makes for an excellent <laughs> shooting rest <laughs> might be, might be sandbagging everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want a rock solid rear bag. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I think it was uh, when you brought up uh, the team being responsible for the gear. I think it was Nephi when we were talking um, on a conversation in the past where he was mentioning at a competition similar to this where you had to ruck things. Uh, one guy was essentially like the little sprinter, and the other guy was basically like the diesel. And right. he just mm-hmm. hucked everything, and the little sprinter would run ahead and wait for old diesel to show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the rook, the, the minimum required rook pace is a 16 minute mile. And, oh, uh, wow. Okay. And both teammates have to com- complete in that amount of time. Okay. So like in your example there, I mean, a team can do that. And if the sprinter makes it and the diesel doesn't, they're out. Right. You okay, can't have so a yeah, you gotta and a hair. <laughs> yeah. You gotta yeah. be a team. That's now, probably yeah. that's yeah. probably good. Makes a lot of sense. Now, when I was trying to do some a little bit of research before we got on this uh, on this call slash podcast, it sounded to me as though if you didn't make, and maybe things have changed, but if you didn't make that that time allotment or you know make that in inside the sixteen minutes, you didn't necessarily, you know get kicked out of the event you just kind of dropped back to the other division is that still the case or not the way the event will be scored this year uh there'll there'll be three divisions everyone that is registered for a division will be scored in that division and um finishing order will be basically by shooting score of competitors that survived all the way through the end of the event on sunday Um, then there'll be a bracket uh, ranked by shooting score of competitors that made it basically to Sunday morning competitors that made it to Saturday morning and competitors that didn't even finish Friday. So um, the finishing order will be kind of bracketed into chunks based on how many days you survived and your shooting score over the match. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have seen competitors fail rooks and go home, just be so embarrassed or aggravated or frustrated. (laughs) They have, you know, quit. Um, a couple of years ago at the Rock Castle Shooting Center, they had someone taken out overnight uh, with hypothermia. Uh, there, there will be people twist ankles and there will be blistered feet and there will be people drop out for a variety of physical reasons, you know, as, as, as well. Yeah. But, but you do get to continue shooting if you would like. It's not, gotcha. Okay. Right on. It's not, it's not completely over. So what do you tell what do you tell somebody who's looking at uh, you know let's say let's say somebody's been going from kind of just general shooting at the range. Um, first off, maybe this isn't your first competitive event that you try to enter. I mean, unless you're really feeling extreme, 
Um, I, did, I did that. You did that. Okay, great. So perfect. You're the perfect person to, to, to speak to this. Then, what do you tell somebody who's just gone from kind of shooting at the range, and mm-hmm. uh, this is kind of the first competition they're going into? What mm-hmm. kind of things, as far as mental preparedness, physical preparedness, should they be working on? Things they might not have considered ahead of time, um, or that they got to pay a lot of focus to. Um, I would say if you searched, uh, uh, Facebook for the, the training for mammoth hashtag, you'll, you'll get a lot of insight into the physical training people are doing Okay. Uh, a, a lot. There's a lot of people rucking with a lot of weight, getting ready for this event. And, and when Scott and I competed first in 2014, um, there was not much of a following on Facebook and there was not much of a website at the time. And there was not a lot of information on the internet to be found. We, we read about the event and we thought it would be cool to do. And we had kind of just started shooting uh, the year before. So we signed up and, and we went and people there asked us, you know, you, you meet a lot of great people at the event. Everyone's very friendly and helpful. And, you know, people say, Hey, so, you know, what else have you done? You know, and some people say, Oh, I shoot a lot of three gun, you know, or I shoot a lot of PRS or I do this, or I, I hunt, you know, I'm in the military. And they asked us and we were like, this is it. I mean, <laughs> this is, this is our first match. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 really. What other matches have you shot? And, <laughs> and, and that was it. And, and the thing that we learned then uh, that I would tell anyone is uh, ask as many people as you can for ask, ask as many people that have done it in the past for suggestions and pay attention to them because you, you learn by doing Right. And if you, if you don't have the benefit of doing it, you need to be learning from the people that have. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the second one, uh, one of my favorite quotes, um, Mike Tyson quote, I think about everyone having a plan until you get punched in the face. Um, you have to have a plan going into every stage, but you have to be able to uh, abandon that plan and make a new one very quickly because um, you'll read the stage brief. They'll read the stage brief to you. You'll ask questions You'll kind of huddle up with your teammate, make a plan for what you're doing. And as soon as you get into the shooting position, something does not go as planned. You know, <laughs> right. and, and some yeah. teams just lock some teams just lock up at that point. Magazine you doesn't know? feed or something you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, and I've yep. I've seen guys like climb up on the top of barricades, put their rifle on a barricade, and accidentally press the mag release and the magazine falls <laughs> like ten feet down to the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, now what now what do you do yeah <laughs> right where is your spare magazine it better be on your belt because if it's on your bag on the ground t- 10 feet away you're in for a hard yeah, time it's not serving you know? much good down there <laughs> yeah yeah you know and you know what happens when you spend the night outside and it gets below freezing and you wake up and your optic is all frozen yeah <laughs> Um, you know, there's so many things are you, what happens when you're, when you get water in your boots and your sock is soaking wet and you get a blister the size of a silver dollar, you know, there's people will be treating blisters all day for three days. Yeah, that's something you don't think of is, you know, call the helicopter, bring in some blister relieving powders. Something yeah. like whole science to it might blister. be completely worth it. Yeah. 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 You know, and so that, so my advice to people to answer your question would be, Ask as many questions as you can and study as hard as you can. And try to learn as much as you can mm-hmm. for something that you don't know what it's going to be, right? Um, you know, a lot of people carry too much weight their first time. Yeah. Um, 
you know, because they think, oh, I could use this and I might need this and I might need this and I'll bring this in case this happens and I'll bring this in case this happens. And now be, my pack weighs 80 pounds. It'd be great right? to have my microwave to heat up these Hot Pockets in camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah. was the, uh, what was that hashtag again that was preparing for Mammoth? Is that what you said? Uh, training, training. Training for Mammoth. Mammoth. I think yeah. I saw one actually the other day, um, Gary Larson from the, uh, uh, yeah. from, yeah, from Guardian. Yeah. I, so yeah. I went to the Guardian Long Range Match in Arizona here. I guess it was oh, two yeah. weeks back, and uh, that was the first time I met Gary, super good guy, and I, I was watching a video of him uh, rucking, preparing for the match, getting in shape. And yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool watching people just, especially from a teamwork aspect, um, you know, working to help each other out. Maybe if one guy starts falling behind, maybe take a little weight off his back, that type of thing. I think yeah, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is uh, in your experience when you went out to this? What do you think was the harder part, being a shooter or being a spotter? Mm, for me personally, I think I'm a better spotter than I am shooter. Yeah. And, and, and my partner, uh, Scott Whitehead is, is probably is certainly the opposite. Um, but sometimes the stages are so fast, there's not a lot of opportunity to spot for each other. Hmm. Sometimes there is. Do you almost have to spot your shots through your own optic, making sure you're doing follow through properly, looking for splash if you miss or hopefully very 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 important to be able to do that for yourself um sometimes your partner can spot through their rifle scope you know instead of a spotting scope some teams carry binoculars some teams will carry a spotting scope um there's an opportunity to to do all of those things right but uh again it just comes down to how much you want to carry and how you and your teammate teammate work together Mm mm-hmm are you uh are you using primarily uh, I guess and and this is probably again one of those uh personal preference things but in your in your experience do you prefer to have uh a lower powered rifle scope at, or or optic in a situation like this or a higher powered optic you know there's there's kind of some people like to zoom in more some people like the field of view of a lower power what what kind of have you had uh the best experience with my my uh, my biggest challenge as a shooter has always been finding targets, and I and I think I I cause some of my own struggles by trying to use too much magnification. So mm-hmm. I, I I always have to remind myself to back it down some. Um, I mean, I, everyone likes to think that more is always better, but in a in a wide field with ten targets that you have to find before you can even engage them, you know, a wide field of view and and clarity is is the most important thing. If you can't find the target, you surely can't hit it, right? And so, and when you get that stage brief, is that person getting a layout of the targetry or, but they still just have to physically find it themselves or are they, are they pointed in the right direction, but the targets are still somewhat hard to see? I mean, how, how does that go down? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that answers my question. Go find the thing that looks like you can see that. <laughs> So I am curious as far as because I'm I'm looking forward I'm I'm not going to go down there and shoot um, I'm looking forward to spectating the event though and, and helping mm-hmm. out where I can. Um, I've always been interested in, in strategy type play and and uh, and how you can incorporate that into a shooting game. But um, one of the things I'm kind of curious about and you might not be able to answer this because I know that some of them are are, are blind. Um, but do you have any big surprises or any uh, uh, any? real brain teasers for people while in this match? 
there are big surprises around every corner. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And that's, and that's the reason uh, that the event has the draw that it has. It has the reputation that it has. It has the following that it has because, um, and, and, and I shot several PRS matches this past year. That's not my strong suit. Uh, I will shoot some PRS matches this year as well, but we will not be shooting uh, any 10 inch circles, 400 yards away off of a barricade in 90 seconds. That's not going to happen. It's a man of sniper challenge. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you what will happen, but I can tell you that will not happen. Right. Okay. And, and I have, I mean, there's nothing against that. That's, that's a challenge in itself and one that I'm not necessarily good at either. But, um, the, the draw to the event is that you don't know what you're going to have to do next. Well, and, and I think one of the things too, that was a big draw for us was just being on a military installation in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, yes, there are, um, competitions that are for military only that have been held on a military installation. However, this is something that is open to civilians that that's brand new. Mm -hmm. And that's something that grunt style really strives to do is to be new and to be creative and to push boundaries. And, um, you know, we really try to be able to offer an experience for all of our fans and, and to provide um, people with something that they're always going to remember. And, And yes, Mammoth is something that's reoccurring every year, but I think there's how many total acreage, Chris, at Fort Gordon? Oh, I want to say it's like a two hundred. I mean, the, the, the the snip of ranges and ruck routes that yeah. we're we're using, I think, is twenty thousand acres. Yeah, so we're and using twenty. It's a small acres. piece of the base. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, we can hold several years of mammoth and and probably never use. And if we did, it would be a very small amount of reuse of land, um, you know, every year uh, at mammoth. And so, you know, we really just want to be able to provide an experience for the people who come to mammoth. And and so I think just that um, that ability to give a memory to yeah. the people that come to Mammoth. And so, I mean, outside of what Chris is doing in the course of fire, um, for us to be able to have our first year at Fort Gordon is something that the MWR and the Fort Gordon staff um, are going to be able to be a part of. And it, it's something that Grunstyle wanted to be able to give to the spectators, to the, the community, to everyone that's coming to Mammoth. So that in itself is kind of like a shock and awe um, to be able to put something together of, of this uh, magnitude. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a first time, but we're all excited about it and we're looking forward to being able to do it again. So, I mean, it's kind of coming from all sides to be um, so great. One of the things that I'm really excited about, and I mean, I could just be speculating, but by the, the fact that it's on a military base, I would imagine they probably have uh, uh, a lot more interesting structures to use, you know, like shoot houses and stuff like that. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. you know, the my first trip, I think, to Fort Gordon might have been in uh, April this year. And, and we were working on uh, planning the event with uh, the MWR staff there. And, and I've shot at a lot of places, uh, a lot of competitions, primarily on the east side of the country, you know. But the first time I was there, we drove around, looked at all the ranges, the facility, all of the, the land around everything. And I was like, holy cow, this is like, it's like Disneyland. <laughs> like, if, if, if you could have a match here, this would be amazing. You know, shooters theme uh, park <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and not to take away from any of the other facilities that, yeah. that hold matches, you know, across the country, there's lots of great places to go and shoot, but civilians don't get to go to a place like this on a regular basis. Yeah. 
So just being able to have the event there uh, makes it a destination event. Yeah, it's a privilege. And it it gave us a lot to work with. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's That's very cool. Awesome. Great. Well, you say, I think we've, uh, I think we discussed Mammoth pretty well. I think the only thing left for listeners out there to do is to, uh, uh, well, by the time this one comes out, I think you might miss this year's, but <laughs> it's definitely something to think on. And from what everything they've, uh, or from everything they've mentioned about how, how demanding this can be, I think that you might want to sign up for next year's and then start getting ready as soon as you hear this, just right away. Just don't wait. There. Put a pack on, start walking around, hiking, start shooting a lot, grab a buddy. Um, but yeah, what do you say we, uh, we'll dive into, so for Chris and Kristen, we've got last calls here, basically just kind of, uh, uh, anything, anything that's on your mind, somewhat relatively related, and then we'll, uh, we'll close it out and let you guys get back to your last minute, uh, frantic preparations and, and things of that nature. So, uh, how about we'll go with, uh, Kristen, you want to start us off? Um... Gosh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> we can circle back. Um, if we can. We can always. Uh, yeah. As as I found out, apparently it's a Wisconsin thing when you're at a restaurant and uh, wait, and a waiter or waitress goes to you first. Apparently it's a Wisconsin thing to say, "Oh, start with me last." Yeah, start I, with me. No, last. it's so funny that you say <laughs> so that because you... I'm from Chicago, so, <laughs> <laughs> so because that's literally what I do too. Because you know, I have a family. I have a husband and two kids, and. <laughs> I literally do that at my table because I'll look at my kids and I'm like, okay, you guys order first. And then I go to my husband. And I'm like, you go next. And then there's me. And I'm like, I still don't know what I want. Still. <laughs> um, so then I'm like, okay, go to me last. So as you literally said that, I was like, okay, well, what am I going to say first? I'll order first. Chris, if you, like. you order first. <laughs> All right. Chris, two, well, two things that I would like to touch on yeah. um, that, that we should have spent more time on. It's, it's an interesting match and the course of fires is, is interesting and the facility is amazing. Um, and Kristen has done a, a fantastic job. Uh, I mean, like she said, moving all the chess pieces on the board this year, but, uh, two things we've not covered. One is the staff beyond, uh, Tim, uh, Kristen, myself and Joe Cayley. Uh, we have about 30 range officers, uh, spotters, scorers, and squad leaders to make this event happen. And the spotters, uh, I think maybe every single one of them is from the U.S. Army Sniper School at Fort Benning. Oh, and, oh wow. wow. And those guys uh, are coming down to spend their weekend spotting for this event. And, and that's what those guys do for a living. They're, they're the best in the world at that. Uh, we have a lot of range officers from the Sniper School, from the Marksmanship Unit, from the Civilian Marksmanship Program in Alabama, from uh, GTI Legion's training facility, we have, I mean, top-notch range officers, spotters, scorers, squad leaders. Some are mammoth veterans, um, and it's it's a lot. Of, it takes a lot of people to to make all the moving parts move. And so, I wanted to uh, tell you how much we appreciate all them. And then the second one, and and one of the reasons we're here is for the sponsors. Um, you know, when we announced the event and then the venue. Um, I mean, you guys at Vortex were like one of the first ones to call and, and the support that you guys have put behind the match is phenomenal. Uh, Realtree Outdoors, uh, signed up right away. And then Lucas Oil Outdoor Line came through with some cash prizes for the top three tough man finishers. And I mean, I could spend the length of the show listing all of the sponsors of the event, but you can find them all on the Facebook page on the website. Um, the prize table is going to be huge and the industry support for the match has been 
I mean, I've been I've been shocked to be honest with you how how much support we have from industry for the match. It's it's uh, it has been a big event in the past, and it's going to be even bigger this year. And um, I can't imagine what we're going to be able to do next year. Sweet. Oh, yeah, those are two good ones. Yeah, and always great to mention the people who are helping make it a- it absolutely possible as well. So that's a glad you brought that one up. Uh, we'll we'll circle around. Like we said, we're we're starting with Kristen last year. So we'll, and Nick, <laughs> uh, you're up next. Yeah, I mean, I've I've known about Mammoth for some time. Um, never been to an event and uh, never shot an event. I hope that I can shoot in it next year. I know that I need to probably start training tomorrow so that I don't die if I do it. Um, but I'm really excited to go. Uh, really excited to see what you have put together. Um, I'll, I'll be uh, joined by Morgan uh, Gregory. He's uh, going to be taking some great photos for it. Um, excited to see what we get for from pictures because I, I think that especially with the being at Fort Gordon, it's going to be, it's going to be a very memorable event, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, we well, you know Nick. We're just again kind of right at the time of recording. We're post Christmas, so you've got a lot to live off of out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> all of us, yeah. all of us do. Oh after man, all that you've, you've built up your reserves still intentionally. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good New Year's resolution. Yeah, yeah. 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 Marco, oh, uh, I'll have the fish fry. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, you know, it's funny, Chris, you, I, I was going to kind of end with a question because I was curious about the staffing, you know, any, any event takes a lot of staff and volunteers. And I'd say particularly something like this here where you've got, like you said, a lot of moving parts. It's a pretty fluid event. Um, it's just a very unique thing. So, I mean, just from what I've learned about it, it just seems like, um, a, the name is, uh, pretty darn true it is it's got a, a mammoth challenge in it uh it's got the word sniper so you've got a lot of long-range <laughs> shooting but i'd say the cool thing is you don't have to be you're probably going to see some snipers while you're out there but you don't have to be one to participate so i wouldn't let you know that throw a new person off and uh man if you like if you like to you know if you just even like to hunt and camp but you maybe you haven't uh gotten into shooting this kind of, might kind of bridge that gap for me for you if you've really like shooting but haven't done maybe a lot of stuff in the outdoor space and overnight stuff it could be good for you and if you've done a lot of both those things then it definitely is for you so it just seems really exciting and dynamic and i don't know man i think what you got around to at the end is no matter what it's for you yes (laughs) if if you're listening this is for you yeah yeah Yeah. and then uh i'll We've had people write in and email in, Facebook messaging about, you know, they, they don't want to do it this year. They're getting ready for next year. And, mm-hmm. and, and of course, the entry deadline has passed now, so we can't do yeah. that now. But, yeah. but I have told people, if until you do it the first time, you, you won't know what to do better the second time. True? Right. Yeah. True. You know, and here that I've competed in the event, I've changed my my gear some. And, you know, you change, like Kristen said, you change things all the way up till the night before. So it's a it's a very dynamic event. Yeah, true. Actually, you bring up one of the best parts: excuse to buy new gear. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking. I've done a lot of that. A lot of that. Um, I'll I'll say this, and it piggybacks onto what's been said a, a lot. But um, just speaking from my own personal experience as well, uh, if you think that shooting at the range is fun, then just prepare to have that whole idea of what fun is supercharged as soon as you put it into a competitive environment. 
Um, right. You know, I, I think just it sounds fun. It's cool to talk about, you know, rocking and camping and doing all this extreme stuff. It's 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 a lot of cool stuff to talk about. But but absolutely trust me when I say that it's you like you can't even fathom how much how much more fun you'll have actually doing it uh, than you do when you're just out shooting at the range, which, like I said, I always thought and I still think is fun, but it's just <laughs> supercharged to the max. So, uh, Kristen, that brings us to you. Yes. What do you think? So I think, you know, kind of like what Chris said, obviously our sponsors and everyone that's coming out to volunteer, but I think there is a huge shout-out that needs to go to Fort Gordon as well and the MWR um, for allowing Mammoth to come to their home and let us be a part of their space and um, letting us have a first time experience there. Um, I know that we are breaking boundaries with them. And so um, I couldn't be more thankful for letting us or letting or having them um, be open to us being there. And um, it's going to be a really fun time. And again, I think it's just about the experience that all of us are going to, whether you're a spectator, you're someone who's competing, um, someone who is, you know, whether you're a staff um, and just going to be there, you're going to take away memories that are going to be brand new. Um, Even if you've been, you know, there before as a competitor, um, you know, this is going to be probably one to remember, one to put in the books, you know, so I'm excited. Um, it's going to be a couple of days of sleep, I think, afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm just thankful to have such a great team. So um, it's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to it. Sweet. Well, Chris and Kristen, thank you guys. We appreciate you coming on again and your busy schedules leading up to the event here. Uh, what are we, just almost about a week away, I think. Yeah. Um, or yes. a, little, a little over a week away. Um, yep. so that's awesome. We know you guys got a lot more to do here, I'm sure. And, uh, it really as, as the rubber starts meeting the road, but, uh, thanks again for hopping on for everybody listening out there. Again, go check this out, hit up the Facebook page, start watching YouTube videos and looking up what other people have done in the past and try and get out there and do this thing. So, uh, with that said, all the listeners, thanks again for listening. Happy hunting and shooting out there. We'll see you guys next time. All right, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Vortex Nation podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on the latest happenings over here at the Vortex Nation podcast. Leave us a review or comment down below. We want to hear what you have to say about the show, maybe what you like, maybe what you didn't like, so that way we can make these podcasts as good as they can be. You can also follow us on Instagram at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'll be posting about each episode released, so that way you can go back, find these things, maybe grab a little nugget of information that you could take with you to the range, out in the field, or uh, maybe to the kitchen if we're talking about some good food. So, again, everybody, thanks, and happy hunting and shooting. We appreciate it. Have a good one.